We all have dreams, but dreams by their very nature can be difficult to achieve. That's where Access Credit Union comes in. Whether it's going to college, owning a car or building your dream home, your local credit union can help you to fulfill your dreams. Access Credit Union. Funding dreams for over 50 years. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to our second Special Olympics bonus Star Sport podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport editor Kieran McCarthy. Before we kick things off, I'd just like to give a gentle reminder to our listeners and viewers to please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. The Star Sport Podcast is brought to you by Access Credit Union. Access Credit Union, funding dreams for over 50 years. What a week it's been so far for the West Cork contingent in Tokyo. And there's plenty more to come. On today's show, we're going to briefly reflect on the opening performances of the Skibbereen Rowers. And we're also going to look ahead to Phil Healy's Olympic debut. The Balanine Bullet will make her first appearance at the games on the track on friday and we'll be joined by her sister joan to preview all of that and now kieran before we touch on the rowers i know you're always keen to give yourself praise but as they say self-praise is no praise so here is some praise from the lads over at second captains for your olympic special magazine that's still in shops as we speak we're going to chat to Kieran McCarthy, who wrote something in the water, has Skibbereen Rowing Club conquered the world. Kieran's also sports editor of the Southern Star newspaper, and they've gone big this week, Murph. Big. It's actually unbelievable. Because uh, like, they have Phil Healy as well from West Cork. So West Cork have seven competitors in uh, the Olympics this year. Yeah. which Plus like, Dominic Casey is the coach. Should, should, yeah, yeah I mean, it kind of just, like, it blows my mind a little, you know? Um, and I just think it's so amazing that in a, like a small local paper like the Southern Star has the chance to celebrate seven Olympians plus Duncan Casey in Dominic a Casey. Dominic Casey in a, in a, an edition of their paper two days before the um, the, the Tokyo Olympics yeah. are taking <laughs> over Tokyo and this is in the Southern Star and they have every right to say they're taking oh, over Tokyo right. I think it's just absolutely amazing so I'm super excited to talk to Kieran a little later on because you know, there are a lot of local newspapers out there and a lot of local newspaper supplements about Munster finals and Ulster finals and All-Ireland finals and stuff like that. But, I mean, this is the Olympics, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the Olympics. Uh, and that is, that is an unbelievable achievement. It's very cool. Yeah, Kieran's going to be on with the editor of the Journal.ie and Olympics superfan Sinead O'Carroll. Okay, Kieran. before we hear from Joan and preview Phil's races at the Games, let's quickly reflect on the opening weekend for our Skibbereen rowers. Paul O'Donovan and Fintan McCarthy were in action. Aoife Casey was in action with Margaret Kremen and Emily Hegarty was in the women's four. We know they done well, but maybe just contextualise how well they all performed. 
the Skip Olympics started off really well in Tokyo last weekend. Um, Paul and Fintan McCarthy are favourites for gold in the lightweight men's double for a reason. And they showed that in their heat. They were so, so impressive, so dominant. And they, they, they eased right through to the AB semi-final. For Eva Casey and Max Krim, and they had to go through the repetition to get to the, the AB semi-final of the women's lightweight double. But for them to get to that to that AB semi-final puts them in the top 12 of the Olympics. So that's an incredible achievement for, for such a young crew. We've spoken about them before. They're both only 22 years of age. I think Aoife is the youngest um, Skippery representative at, at the Olympics. So this is a huge learning experience for them. And the one positive is they're getting better all the time, even from their heat to their rep, you could see the improvement. So if they can keep on that upward curve, um, they're just big, big years ahead for them. And then, of course, Emily Hegarty in that Irish women's four, they got to the A final at the Olympics. They've, they're a, a crew as well that, that's momentum behind them this year. They were second at the Europeans. They won the final Olympic qualification regatta. They got to the A final. So they're right in the middle race. So the Skip Olympics in Tokyo going quite well. Absolutely. And uh, as I mentioned, we'll have a full reflection podcast about the rowers later in the week where we'll talk to people involved hopefully and uh, have a bit of fun looking back on what will have hopefully been the greatest week in Skibbereen sporting history but for now we're going to switch our attention to the track and in particular the Balanine bullet Phil Healy who gets her games underway on Friday and uh, we're going to catch up with her sister Joan in just a moment Joan is of course an international level sprinter in her own right so who better to get insight from than joan but kieran before we do hear from joan could you maybe give the listeners an idea of when they can expect to see phil in action when should we be setting our alarms what are the dates for our diary so phil kicks off our olympics with the next four by 400 meter relay the heats are on this friday uh, we can all tune in for that on friday and then we'd see how phil and that irish team gets on there and she'll be on then on Monday to the heats of the 200 meter individual. Um, and if it goes well there, she'll have the semi-finals later that day. It's a pretty busy schedule coming up for Phil over the next couple of days, but talking to her coach Shane McCormick a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, he says she's well able for it. Um, so she's ready for the big dance. She's ready to go. Lovely stuff. Well, let's waste no more time and let's go now and speak to Phil's sister, Joan Healy. Delighted now to be joined on the podcast by Joan Healy, the big sister of Phil, who races into action in Tokyo this Friday. Welcome to the podcast, Joan. Thanks a million for having me, Kieran. Must be a very exciting time for the Healy family. It is, yeah. The um, yeah, we've been excited for a while, but now this week you can, you know, she's she's moved to the Olympic Village now, so now you know. It's real now and it's happening this week. She's finally going to hit the track. So yeah, it is getting very exciting now. Have you had much contact or interaction with Phil the last couple of weeks? Yeah, in fairness to her now, she's on to us all. Um, Shane as well, they're on to us pretty much every day. Um, in fairness, um, we've gotten the full tour around the Team Ireland um, base camp, holding camp. Um, and then today we got a great tour of the Olympic Village then as well. 
Absolutely brilliant. Because before um, the athletics team moved to the Olympic Village this week, they spent a couple of weeks and I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name of the place because I, I just messed it up. But they, <laughs> that, that's the spot. They spent two weeks there, was it? So what was yeah. the plan there? So was it just acclimatisation, <laughs> get used to everything? Yeah, so basically you kind of have to work off the daylight hours type thing. You know, when you're um, when you're going over to that side of the world, you're obviously losing eight hours basically um plus all the travel then on top of it so you kind of have to build yourself back into the training um and you have to slowly build the intensity as kind of the days go on so probably close to when they were probably more like a week outside there they were probably starting to, to ramp training back up a little bit more something similar to what she would have done when she was at home but um I mean, at this stage, the work is done. You know, when she when she left, um, when she left Dublin, the the work was done. So anything that she's been doing in the last few weeks is just you know sharpening the blade, keeping things ticking over, and just keeping her sharp. She must be fierce excited to actually land in the Olympic Village this week because it all becomes yeah. so real then. Absolutely, and it looks unbelievable. And how is she a couple of days out from the start of a very busy schedule for her? Is, is, she, is she in good form? Is she looking forward to it? She's in great form. Mighty form. Um, Phil isn't exactly the type that, you know, gets carried away by, you know, the size of an occasion. Um, you know, she knows this is, has been a dream of hers for a very long time. And, you know, it started to become a ra- reality there in the in the last year or so. Um, so to have all that work put in, you know, she's she's not going to be someone who's going to, you know, get taken away by the occasion and then, you know, let it affect in the performance. You know, she's out there to to give her performance. And um, that's I'm, I have absolutely no doubt. And that's what she'll do. Because like we've talked before on this podcast, we've written in the star like Phil is making history by becoming the first Irish woman to ever compete in three events at the same Olympics. And first up mm-hmm. on Friday is the mixed four by four. Uh, 400 meter relay just uh john like phil is known as an individual sprinter is, is it is it hard or easy then to kind of pop into the team environment for a relay uh do you know what it's actually a nice it's a nice change i've been being on the relay myself um there's a difference it's i can i yeah i, I really don't even know how to explain it um because obviously you know you're going to try and put absolutely everything into your own individual performance but you know when you go out on the track that anything that happens, you know, it's your doing, be it positive or negative. Um, so when you go and you line up as part of a relay, you know, you're there with three other members of a team and you've all really got to to work together um, to get the most positive outcome. And there's, you know, there's three other people depending on your performance and you're also depending on three other people's performance um to get where you want to be so there is um there's probably a little bit more pressure when it's a relay really um but at the same time it's a really exciting pressure you know um it's definitely something that she would relish and they're a little bit of fun anyway and and, and we're looking at this relay and there's there's a chance of getting to an olympic final here because there's 16 teams it's two two heats of eight and is it the top four from each go through Mm -hmm. it'll be something like that um look you know, it would be absolutely amazing if they did make a final. Um, it's probably a little bit to Ireland's advantage, the fact that the relay is first. I know people probably, it is, it's like, it's the first year, that, uh, the 4 by 4 mixed 
is in an, in an Olympic event. Um, but to have it at the start of the program is not something you would usually see. And probably people think, you know, it's taking away really from people's individual events. And to a point, you know, it is. Um, but I think it could kind of work to Ireland's favour in a way, um, in that, you know, probably the bigger teams probably aren't going to field their A team for a heat because those same athletes are probably maybe medal hopes in maybe the 200 or the 400. Um, so they, you know, it all depends on, you know, the lane draw, the heat that they're in, you know, a little bit of luck needs to happen as well. Um, but it would be a great thing to see. But, um, you know, the fact that they've they've made it out there and it's the one event that they actually, you know, they, they qualified for the Olympics. You know, you didn't get in there on rankings. They actually qualified for it. Um, so it's going to be great on Friday to, to see them all line up. You said, Joan, like you've ran in relay teams before. You know what it's all about. What's key to mm-hmm. what's key to a good relay? Then is, is it the, is it the handover of the baton? Like how important is that? Like what's what what's the key components to making sure you go as well as you can in a relay? Well, in the four by four, the same you know pressure on the baton changes isn't there that there will be in a in a four by one. Um, a four by one, you know, there's split second changes, and if you you mess it up, you've lost a race. Um, so there's a, there's a little bit more. I don't want to say room for error, but a little bit more time to play around with there. Um, so the most important thing is their own individual leg. Um, now, I know there's no fans in the stadium, but at the same time, you know, you, you, you're, it's your leg. You realize, oh, my God, I'm here in an Olympic heat. Um, so I think the most important thing for each one of them is to just not get carried away with the occasion and to concentrate on, on running their leg. You know, we've seen, you know, in previous championships where, you know, someone gets the baton and they take off like a bat out of hell for the first 200 and then they're swimming home. The lactic sniper is out. So we don't really want to see something like that. Um, and, you know, the, these these four um, these four guys on the team, you know, they have a lot of experience running internationally um, and they've been well coached. Um, so I think the most important thing for them is to keep their composure um, but at the same time, you know, they need a bit of boldness as well. And with um, Shane McCormick, Phil's coach on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he says, whatever happens in the relay, he said, at least it's a good run through for Phil ahead of Monday when she's out in the 200 metres. So she'll get into Absolutely. the stadium. She'll see the kind of how, how it all mm-hmm. works inside there. So you'd hope that would stand for her before she goes into her individual event start with the 200 on Monday. Absolutely. Um, I know, like, you know, people are saying that it's very hot out there. Um, Phil loves the heat. Um, and I think she has adjusted quite well to it. Um, I, when they when they got out there pretty early, I know that she did, you know, get her sleep and stuff back on track fairly quickly. So something like the heat and stuff. And I know, you know, with the 400 and what, it can be quite hard. But at the same time, you know, Phil, we've seen her from European indoors. Phil is well used to running rounds. Um, and I, I, you know, she's, she's definitely given herself a tough task anyway, as these Olympics doing three events and they're so close together, but, um, no, being out there on the Friday and then coming out there again on, on the, well, for her, it'll probably be the Monday morning. Um, you know, yeah, she'll definitely, definitely stand to her, you know, the, all these things, you know, like warm up areas, going through the different, um, call rooms, um, 
you know, coming down into the tunnel, going into the stadium, setting up things like, you know, baskets and blocks and all that sort of stuff. You know, you, you'd actually be surprised as you go from championship to championship how they, they vary um, at times. So having done all that on the Friday, it'll definitely center. Like we've said a few times, like she has Phil has a busy schedule there with the 200 in mm. on the Monday and then the 400 is a, is it the Tuesday or the Wednesday? But it's it's shortly after Tuesday, as well. Yeah. The Tuesday. So what can she do then, Joan, to like rest and recover in between the days? Yeah, so when she'll finish um, her 200 heats on Monday morning and then the 200 semi is on Monday night. Um, we don't know. I mean it all depends on what kind of heat she's in it all depends on how well she recovers from Friday you know the possibility is always there and I would never bet against her to make a semi-final um but at the same time you know she could run a national record um out of this world and it might still not qualify her for a semi-final and that's that's the standard so if you know she comes away from the heats and she doesn't progress to the semis the aim there is just getting back to the hotel or the village's as soon as possible, getting some food into her. Um, I know she'll probably get into the recovery boats that <laughs> we've often seen her photographed in. Um, at least she won't be sitting in the back of a van at this time. At this time. So she'll probably get into those, probably maybe, you know, an ice bath or something like that. Um, and Phil being Phil, the, the priority there will be trying to get in um, a bit of a, a nap, really. You made a great point there, Joan, about like, and if hopefully she'll get through the semi-final, let's say the 200. Um, We've Rob Heffern in talking in this week's Southern Stars, just chatting to him about about Phil, and he said it's important that people recognise for an Irish sprinter to get to the Olympics is it is an achievement in itself because when you're talking mm-hmm. about sprinting, it's it's a global sport and the depth of the field yeah. is incredible. Like Phil knows, Phil is up against the best in the world here, the very best in the world. So for her to be in this company in the first place just is a testament to her and shows the level that she's at. So. To get to the Olympics is incredible. Like if she can get to semi final in the two or the four, like you're talking, that's a huge achievement. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's it's hard, you know, especially for people who kind of probably only maybe tune into the Olympics maybe every four years. Um, it's hard to get that understanding across. Um, you know, sprinting, you know, it's it's dominated by the Americans and the Jamaicans mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, now Europe is coming along, especially with the likes of Dina Asher Smith. Um, and there's a few of the Dutch girls there and, and Polish girls as well. So, you know, it is coming along in in um, in Europe. But for Ireland, yeah, it's incredibly, incredibly hard to to get onto a world stage as a sprinter. Um, and we were just looking at some stats there last week. And well, first of all, the automatic qualifying time for Rio was something like 23.2. The automatic qualifying time for Tokyo was 22.8 so you have a massive drop there just by qualifying times um in Rio the slowest time to get out of the heats and into a semi-final I think was 22.94 um so you know you, you can see where it's going um it would be incredible if she managed to to get a PB and I think I think personally she I think she'd be very happy to walk away from the track with a PB knowing that she had given it her all. Um, and, you know, if she didn't progress to the semis, obviously she would love to go there, but, you know, she's well able to put these things into context herself. Um, and she knows the standard that she's up against. 
What's your plan so for the next couple of days? Will you watch the races? <laughs> Will you go back home? Will you stay in Cork? What's the what's the plan? Um, I'm probably up and down again. My second vaccine tomorrow, so I'll be down for for a bit. I'm probably going to be back up here in Cork, um, because <laughs> I don't know. Was it because we have someone in the Olympics this time? But I nearly started crying watching the opening ceremony last week. Um, and I would have watched every opening ceremony since 2008. Um, and, you know, seeing, you know, the rowers going, um, the swimmers, the boxers all week, I'm, you know, I'm catching up on them all every morning when I wake up and like, you're, you know, listening to their interviews and, you know, I, I do have a sense of how hard it is to get there. Um, and then for some people who might've been disappointed in their performance and you're just, your body just didn't do what you wanted it to do on the day. Um, you know, it is, I, it, I, you do feel that emotion when you're listening to them and, and the same when they do so well. Um, so because I'm like that now, before she's even started, I don't think I could be <laughs> near my family when she's actually running. Um, yeah, no, I'm, but I'm that type anyway. I kind of, even if she's not in a race, I, I prefer to watch the athletics by myself really because I don't just, you know, tune in for the 100 meter final or the 200s. I watch every round of every event um so yeah i'm gonna have a, a busy week and a half there now and actually like we'll, i'll be dipping in back and forth and you know back home and whatnot but probably for her races i'll i'll, I'll stay up here in cork and like i said earlier joan it's the excitement levels back down home with the whole family like they must be reaching fever pitches the closer we get to friday the closer we get to seeing phil in action in that olympic stadium in tokyo like kind of you're talking about a goosebump moment for anyone who's ever oh, seen it is anyone anyone yeah anytime I talk about it like the hairs on on my arms start to stand um yeah no it is getting very exciting and you know the, the village and the town of Bandon as well and all the way down you know they're really getting into it and decorating with the flags and, and the posters and it's lovely to see really do you know Oh, it's brilliant. Like even the support I saw, I think Shane put up on, on Instagram there a picture that must be somewhere around Bendon or in the skiing. It's a best to look, Phil, run as if you're late for mass or something like that. Late for mass. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Absolutely brilliant. But it just Some shows. Some people have been, yeah, very creative in fairness. Everyone has got behind her and we'll all be cheering her on on Friday and early next week as well. Thank you so much, Joan, yeah. again for your time. Um, no problem. We, we, we think it'll be on, on Friday when we see Phil in action. So fingers crossed for, for Phil. Fingers and, crossed, exactly. Brilliant. Thanks, John. Hi, I'm Fiona Kangataran and I'm an illustrator from Kinsale. During lockdown, wanting to keep myself busy and just having a mad year, I felt like I needed to do something different. And I actually went back and picked up an old hobby where it left off. And it was a passion of mine since I was a kid. It was drawing. I made personalized cards for each and every one of my friends as each and every birthday and celebration an event that got cancelled, postponed, or just something that we couldn't meet up in person to celebrate. And I wanted it to mark something special that not just that I remembered the date, but just that I see them and I love them and I care. And of course, I miss them so much. And I think we're all going through that all at the same time. And so when I shared those images online, it resonated with so many people. And I didn't realize the positive impact that it would have and it was really powerful. And it was this immediate validation that I was doing something right, that, that this was a sign of where I should be taking my, my own career. And then when Access Credit Union approached me about their Funding Dreams campaign, it just felt like fate. And they wanted 
their community to be represented. They wanted people to be seen and they wanted to bring people together. And that's what the credit union does. And I just couldn't be prouder to be a part of this project. And at the same part time, it's actually made my dream come true of being a paid illustrator. So I couldn't be more grateful that it's going in this direction. Now, quickly before we wrap up, just some housekeeping I want to tick off. If you're looking for the best location to keep up to date with all the West Cork athletes in action at the Tokyo Olympics, just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash Olympics. It's our special Olympics mini site and we have wall to wall coverage of the rowers and of course, Phil Healy. There's also the small matter of our taking over Tokyo Olympics magazine, which is still available to purchase. So if you've missed out on this, um, which what well, I can only describe as a keeper, this is something that you will want to keep in your house for years to come. So you can reflect back on what looks like could be the greatest week of West Cork sport ever. I hope I'm not uh, over egging it there, but that magazine is still available. If you can't make it to a shop, you can purchase it online. Just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper you can read that magazine for less than two euro per week when you subscribe so you don't want to miss out on that inside ireland's greatest rowing club is still on our website and it's doing some good numbers we're getting great feedback so that basically tells the story of how skibbereen rowing club became the club that has produced six olympians and one olympic coach so if you haven't seen that i advise going on to southernstar.ie forward slash olympics again or just searching for the southern star on youtube and obviously the southern star is going to be out this thursday and there's another cracking sports section with loads of olympic coverage monster final fallout and everything else you could imagine so if you can't make it to the shops on thursday to pick up a copy of that just go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper again now i think that's my shilling done for today kieran is there anything i've missed out on oh and of course we're going to have an olympics podcast on thursday where we'll be reflecting on the performances of the skibbereen rowers hopefully we'll get some people on with us to do that and uh, we'll tell you more about that later in the week but that'll be thursday so rowing podcast thursday our monster final fallout podcast is out right now and this is of course our athletics podcast so kieran i'm going to faint because i've spoken so much is there anything i've forgotten well, just it, it just shows how busy West Cork sport is right now. Three podcasts day after day after day. It's an Olympic effort from the Southern Star sports team, and it's been more than matched by our, our local heroes over in Tokyo. So tune in, spread the word, like and share, and let everyone listen and join in on what is a phenomenal, phenomenal time for, for West Cork sport. Yeah, lovely stuff, Kieran. As always, thanks for listening to the Star Sport podcast. If you enjoy these shows, and we really mean it this time now, Please, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and YouTube. By the time the next Olympics come around, me and Kieran have set our sights on being hired by NBC to cover it for them. So uh, the more five star reviews we get, the more likely they're going to come calling with big million dollar contracts. I can already smell the green. Slon Tommel. <laughs>